Well, this morning, I'm um, revisiting scripture uh, that I did a few weeks ago. It's Psalm 91, but I'm <clears throat> going to do it differently than I did then. Um, you know, <clears throat> there are certain, certain texts that when you read them, and you know, you reread them, and you reread them, they, have, they continue to have a, um, a deeper impact, a, more of an impact on our hearts and lives. And, and that's, that's, I think, the Holy Spirit and God working in our life to help us perceive and to understand what this message is all about, the message of the Scripture. And Psalm 91, of course, is a great, uh, a great chapter. But uh, I like verse 1 is where we'll start. That's generally a, place, a good place to start, right? Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, we think about this, that, that he that dwelleth, in the, okay, he that dwelleth in the secret place. We have to begin with the secret. <laughs> now, whenever we think of a secret, we think of something that is hidden. And we think of something that has to be searched for. Um, we have to look for it. Well, the secret, God's secret, becomes a divine revelation. Ta-da! The secret that God wants to reveal to us. Anything in Scripture, you know, when, when the, the Scripture often talks about that, the, the, there are people who have eyes and they can't see, they have ears and they can't hear, that they just don't get the truth. They just don't get what God is trying to tell them. And so, in our lives, we're asking God to help us take away the blinders, take out the earplugs, and listen to what the Spirit is trying to say to us. But it's something that is spiritual in our hearts and minds. So the secret that God has for us becomes a divine revelation. The secret in the Scripture is always something that God wants to reveal. So in, in, the, life of, in the life of faith, we are looking at how that God once is preparing us to take our next step. God is always preparing us for our future, and he deals with that now in the present. He forgives us, and that, that takes away or, you know, takes away the sins of the past, but we still have to deal with the present and the future. So God then, in the scriptures and in our faith, is preparing us for our next step. So he that dwells in the secret place... So the secret place is a place that is hidden, but God is saying, you know, warmer, <laughs> warmer, cold, cold. You know, ever play that game? You know, you're getting warmer, you're getting, well, this, this is not a game. It's an it's a attitude of our heart that we are drawn to the presence of God. Now, this divine revelation is a miracle in action. It's a miracle. It is a divine revelation. It is, it is a spiritual understanding that God is bestowing and bringing into our heart and mind. To know that we are in the presence of God, to know that we are in the presence of God is a spiritual reality. Now, we can think of this verse as saying, as one that dwelleth in the secret place, or as one who is lodging, taking up residence in the shadow of the Almighty, that we are in this constant reminder that God is always with me. 
God is always with me, so therefore I need to, and it isn't a fear. Oh, I may have said the wrong thing. Oh, God's trying. No, it is a reminder that God is with me. And in this place of God's presence, I'm asking him to guide me. I'm asking him to help me get through or be, do the right things in these moments. So we can think of this verse then as saying that I am lodging in the place that God has for me, in the shadow of the Almighty, and in this shadow of the Almighty, I am being protected. So when the word shadow in Scripture is used, it is almost always is a symbol of protection. I am dwelling in the shadow of the Most High. You know, we think of shadow, and you know, stepping into shadow, someone come along and pull us out of the shadow. Well, no. In God's shadow, in this understanding of his shadow, is a place of protection. It's a place of closeness. Now, if uh, I have a shadow here. Now, you could stand over there, and I can't reach you, but if you're right here, you're pretty close. Well, that's the understanding we have with God, that we are close to God, that God doesn't, as it were, cast a shadow. He doesn't cast a shadow, you know, well, I thought God was all light. You know, he's brilliant, shining light, and, you know, the only shadow, he can't cast a shadow. Well, the understanding is that even though God doesn't have a shadow, there is a place close to him that we can live and be and have our lodging. So this secret place will be a place of protection, and it will be a place of brightness, a place where things are illuminated by a divine light. Hmm. Sometimes it's difficult for us to see things for what they really are. You can say amen to that. <laughs> it's difficult for us to see things for what they really are. We have our concept or we have our wants and desires. We have our will. And we, we think that, uh, we interpret things. We interpret things by our past, our way of thinking, you know, and, and the situation we find. We find ourselves interpreting things a particular way, according to our predisposition, uh, according to our attitude and our, you know, all different things go into it. But when we are in the shadow of the Most High, there is a divine light upon the subjects, and we want to see things as they are, as God sees them. You know, sin is sin in the eyes of God. <laughs> and so we need to look at life and understand what comes between us and God. And what comes between us and God is whenever we break his commands. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind, and your neighbor is yourself. Well, we find that the Ten Commandments, uh, four of them deal with our relationship with God, and six deal with our relationship with others. They're there to protect us. So the Ten Commandments are not trying to keep us from something. The Ten Commandments are trying to protect us in our spiritual walk establishing a spiritual walk with God and protect us from, from destroying that walk. So a place where all things are illuminated by a divine light, a place where we can see things for what they really are. Revelation 21, verses 22 and 23. But I saw no temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its lamp. <laughs> Jesus is the light of the world. 
He is the light of eternity. So, whenever we see that uh, this light where the secret place is, God is there, and we are together with him. It isn't like you can't stand in the shadow, as it were, in the closeness of God and be there by yourself. We're always in the presence of God. Now, we, in Sunday school, and I've used it many times, understanding the character of God. If you don't understand the character of God, you're not going to interpret life correctly, and you're not going to interpret the scriptures correctly. The character of God is that he has a desire to forgive us, not kick us out. God has a desire to bring us into this relationship with him, and he's done everything to make that relationship work. And he has given us his love, he's given us his grace, his divine favor, he's given to us his mercy, where he could punish but chooses not to, that's mercy, we have that, that God has this love that is going out, uh, reaching out to all mankind to draw them in. Now, we know that God, people who uh, he has turned them over to their sin, and, and sin has its consequences. But we look at our life, and we want God to direct and keep and, and, and work through us. Now, Jesus said, But in me ye shall have peace, in the world ye shall have tribulation." It's important for us to know that, uh, I, I, you know, I've been in an airplane, you know, an airplane can be at 20,000, 40,000, I don't know how far up they go, but you can be in that atmosphere in a plane and not know that you're in that high atmosphere because the plane has created an atmosphere for you to survive in. The same as in a submarine, that a submarine goes into the depths of the sea, you're, you're in the depths of the sea, but you can't survive in that depths of the sea. You know, you, they put, you know, you get in that little torpedo room and shot you out the front, you're dead. <laughs> you're, when you're in that atmosphere, you die. Well, you see, <clears throat> we are in these places, could be in the, we are in those places, but we are safe in the presence of God. It's like uh, Paul and Silas in prison. You know, they've been beaten, they've been thrown in prison, locked up, and what are they doing? They're singing. <laughs> They're in the prison, but they didn't allow the prison to get in them. You see? And so they're singing to God, and what happens is an earthquake. God loosens the chains and opens all the doors, and they go out and talk to the jailer and convert his family. Or when, uh, you know, Daniel goes into the lion's den. They're not just stories that people made up. These are individuals who trusted God in their difficulties. He was in the lion's den, but he didn't get into the lions. <laughs> the lions, you know, get into the lions. He didn't get eaten. All right, so therefore, in case you mixed that one, you know, uh, he didn't get into the lions. <laughs> he didn't allow the lion. God did not allow the lions to get into him. So he was in the lion's den, but he was safe there. See, this is the point of living in the shadow of the most, of the most holy of God is that we are safe in God's presence. Now, it doesn't mean we're immune to life and to the difficulties, and David talks about it in many of the Psalms, how then he is chased by his adversaries and evil men are plotting against him, and, you know, all those types of things. It doesn't mean that we, have, we live in a bubble, that nothing can touch us. It means that we are in the presence of God, and in the presence of God, I am aware that God is with me, and I am with God. In... Uh, uh, Reverend F.B. Myers, he wrote uh, about Brother Lawrence. 
in the uh, book he calls it The Practicing the Presence of God. And Brother Lawrence was a cook and a, uh, he washed pans and stuff in the kitchen. That was his whole duty. And he said he, the, the time he spent in communion with the Lord in the kitchen washing dishes <laughs> while he was there doing his ordinary task, he said that he had the same relationship with God as he did whenever he was receiving communion. Practicing the presence of God. Paul and Silas, Daniel in the lion's den. You know, all through the scriptures, we have this place where they realize that God is with us. So the presence of God never changes. The place where we felt the closest to God, God is always that close and even more. It's just that we change. We, we, you know, we're out doing our thing. God isn't, God didn't leave us at church. (laughs) God is still there. It's just that we have taken on a different mindset about the place we're at, the way we live, and all those types of things. So we need to remind ourselves that the Lord is near us. And that he is always, never, and the one scripture says, he is never so far away as to be just near. I know that God is near. I know that he is here. That I am, that the awareness in my spirit is that God is with me. Now, because I don't feel that way doesn't mean God has left. (laughs) He is still there. The secret then is not hidden. The secret that God has is not hidden. It is a revelation, the supernatural impartating, the impartation that God places in our hearts and minds, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. It is an intimate place of divine, of a divine shelter. Look at what follows verse 1. I will say of the Lord, hmm, I will say of the Lord. Notice what the conversation is. We have to look at the conversation. I will say of the Lord. What does he say? He is my refuge. So I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. A refuge means uh, a, very, a very time uh, a time of peace in a time of trouble. It is a place of protection. He is our dwelling, the God himself I never, is never failing. He is in a strong refuge, a very present help in time of trouble that he is in a place that no one can break into. He is my refuge. God is my fortress. (laughs) You know, in ancient times when they built cities, they built walls around them to protect themselves from the raiding bands of uh, robbers that would fall, you know, come against the city. And some of them, they built, Jericho built big, thick walls in order to protect themselves from uh, invading other, other, inv- other cities, states that came, that would come and invade them. But did you know, Israel, one of the smallest n- countries in the world, has one of the greatest defense, ma- defense systems in the world that they are set up with such a defense system. And I didn't, I don't know, of course, if you watch me, I watch some of these different um, programs and and, uh, what are they, the history of of certain areas. And they talk about how that Israel shares some of its defensive strategies with the U.S. (laughs) It's like, oh, 
I thought it was the opposite. Well, you know, we find that here is this small nation has such a defense system that people are afraid to attack it because of what they have. When we find ourselves in the shelter of the Most High, there's a defense system that's there. You see, Paul writes about it in the New Testament. He talks about the armor of God. There's a defense system that is in place for the believer, the helmet of salvation, protecting our thoughts. Breastplate of righteousness. I am in a right relationship with God, and it protects my heart. The shield of faith. Quench all the fiery darts, that whatever comes against me and my faith and against God in my life, this shield will protect the sword of the Spirit, that God gives me the ability to cut those things in half, you know, to go forward. My girt about my loins with the, the truth. 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 The truth of God's word. The truth of what he has said. And my feet, the gospel of peace, that the, the soldiers had like cleats on the bottom of their sandals to give them security in slippery slopes and when they're doing battle. So we find that we have this protection in God that he has given to us. Psalm 125, 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. They are kept by his power as in a garrison. So the psalmist is saying God is protecting Jerusalem like a garrison with the mountains. I will save the Lord, my God, and him will I trust. So we see that God is my fortress, that he is the one that we trust, and that he is my refuge. God is the author of this covenant. It's interesting. God made the agreement. He made the agreement. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In this secret place, we know that God is with us and we are then learning to trust. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. He's talking to Paul here, telling Paul that God's grace, his divine favor that God has given to him is sufficient for him. He's been praying. He's got this thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it is. But he prays to ask God for it to be taken away. And God says, no, you need that. It's like, oh, I need this? <laughs> and he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. If you could do this on your own, you would. And God is saying, I don't want you to do it on your own. I'm going to do it through you and with you. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. So he's, re he's recognizing that without God, he can't do these things, and he needs God to continue the task that is before him. Hebrews 4.16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. If we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, we are close to him. And this scripture tells us 
let us approach the throne of grace with confidence or in, in another translation, with boldness. Let us, we are that close to God, let us boldly come to the Lord in prayer. Let us boldly come before him. You know, mentioned in, in Sunday school that God inspires us to pray. When we look at needs and we look at difficulties at, or look at people, God inspires us to pray for them. Because who is praying for them if you don't? We are to be like God, and that God wants us to be like him. His grace is sufficient for us. Then we recognize God's grace in me is sufficient for them. So I pray for them. God, God, you take care of them. They're in your hands. I don't need to get even. I don't need to plot against them. I don't need to fight against them. God, I place them in your hands. Help me to forgive. Help me to go on. God, this person needs you. So we pray for them. Look what comes from dwelling in this secret place. That God is our fortress. He becomes the one that I trust. God shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. He'll deliver me from the traps that people set. He shall cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will take refuge. The truth shall be your shield. You will not be afraid of the night terrors or the epidemic or the plague. You will not be afraid of darkness or destruction. You will not be afraid of a thousand fall at your right side and ten at your, at your side and ten thousand at your right side. This is what happens from being in the presence of God. I begin to trust. I begin to trust in God, not in the things that I see. So where does all this confidence and faith come from? Well, verse 1 again of Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So where does this come from? It comes from dwelling with God. Well, you see, he lives within a heart every moment of every day. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So where do I live? <laughs> I live in my house. I live in the world. I live, you know, I live, <laughs> this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is in me. I am in him. I am joint heirs with Christ. His spirit abides within me. So then he says in verse, um, um, in verse 9, because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. You, you see, verse 1 and verse 9 are, are, are kind of connected here to help us under, under, you know, not lose sight that you've made the Lord your refuge. You've made God your dwelling place. Verse 10 says, No evil shall befall you. No harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. That's quite a statement. It's almost like we live in two worlds. We live in our faith, and that's like the plane and the atmosphere, the submarine and the ocean. Paul and Silas in prison. Daniel in the lion's den. We, we, we are in these difficulties, but they're not in us. So we live in a world where we, we interact with people and we interact with life and we interact with all these things, but there's also a part in us that walks in the security of faith. Because I dwell, I live, I make my lodging with God. Verse, verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you. 
I know sometimes people make a lot out of, <laughs> out of evil, out of demons on every bush. But you know what? God makes a lot out of his angels are in charge. They're around us. If he gave us the sight, there would be angels all around here. <laughs> if we could see the spiritual realm, there would be angels all about us. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about those who fear, reverential awe of God. The angel of the Lord camps around you. He's there. The angels are there. Now, God doesn't draw a lot of attention to the angels because they're messengers. They're, they're, they're sent from God. But it is the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that speak to our life. We don't speak to spiritual beings. We speak to God himself. In their hands, you know, verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, verse 12. Verse 13, you will kick, I like this translation, you will kick the cobra and the young lion off the path. <laughs> you know, you're walking down the path, you know, there's a snake there, get out of my way. <laughs> you know, get off the path. You know, when evil comes before us, get off the path. You know, because of whose I am. I am God's. Nothing can take me away from him. Nothing can separate me from his power. Verse 14, God says, Because you have set my, your love upon me. How is all this taking place? <laughs> no, I'm special. Well, you're, we're special because we have, God is saying, you have set your love upon me. I have decided to love God. It's a, it's a decision that we make. I have decided to love God. I have decided to make God my dwelling place. I have decided to stay close to God in the shadow of the Almighty. I have made up my mind that I am going to live with God. You see, difficulties will come, Paul and Silas. <laughs> Paul, beaten with rods three times, drug out of the city, stoned and drug out of the city for dead, spent a day and a night in the deep floating. <laughs> You see, doesn't, it doesn't eliminate us from difficulty. It just means in the difficulty, we are safe and we are secure. The peace I give unto you, Jesus says, I give to you and the world can't give it because it doesn't have it. The peace I give to you is, is from the Spirit and from the Word. So God is weaving you know, whenever we do this and we're talking about the scriptures and how, what the scriptures mean, what is he doing? He's weaving these texts into the fabric of our soul. He's, he's pulling these, it's like Kevlar <laughs> being woven together. And, and Kevlar at this point is considered one of the strongest fabrics that can stop bullets, but they're coming up with even another um, fabric that could do even more than Kevlar. But for the moment, we'll just use Kevlar, that God is weaving these promises into our soul to protect us, to keep us, to keep us safe and secure in our faith. I will set him on high far above all, far above all that the world could come against. God is saying, I'll set you in a high place. I will set you in a high place that the world can't get to you. Hmm. Verse 14 again. 
He, you who are the one praying, he, because he has known my name, because you know the name of God, all of these things are in place. You know the name. <laughs> you know the name of God. He is God Jehovah. It is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is the same God of the Old Testament. It's, it's Jesus Christ himself who has come to save us from our sins, rose from the dead to give us, forgive us of our sins and to give us the hope of eternal life. It's that name of Jesus, the name of Jesus of which verse chapter, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, wherefore God ha also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. You know his name. <laughs> Verse 15, you will call upon me and I will answer. God will be with you in times of trouble. God will deliver you and honor you. Verse 16, with long life I will satisfy you. God will show you his salvation, his deliverance. You see, the secret place is not a secret to you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the door by me if any man will enter, that he, we will, he will come in and sup with us and, and, he, and we with him. It is a place where we are close to God. You see, this secret place is between you and God. <laughs> the secret place is your place with God. Whether it's walking, whether it's kneeling, whether it's taking a ride, whether it's just sitting on the porch and reading the scriptures, your secret place is between you and God. And in that secret place, we discover all of these things that are listed here in this psalm. The secret place is where we desire, where we find this closeness with God. And we are seeking him, not things. We're not demanding or commanding God to do something. We are there wanting to be in his presence wanting to discover who he is. And we discover it through the word, the scriptures. It is a miraculous place. It is a place of trust. We trust him because he is my savior. He is the author of my faith. He is Lord of all creation. He is Lord of all nations and people. God is good. He is a good, good father. <laughs> it is a place where I seek to know God. It is not a place where I seek to get something from him. It's a place where I seek to know him. <laughs> That's the secret place of the Most High. And it, is, and it is an individual place that each one of us possess where I feel close to God and I know God is close to me. 
and we just separate ourselves from the troubles and the trials of life. You know, Paul and Silas in prison bars, you know, they could have been complaining, but they were singing. The three Hebrew children going into the fiery furnace. You know, we're not going to bow down and worship to you. Our God is able to deliver us, but if he doesn't, that's okay. (laughs) And so they're thrown into the fire. We're not immune from the things of of, of our world and of our life, sickness and trials. But there is a secret place that when I am with God, I feel safe. I am not afraid. And it is in this place of security and peace I will face the world. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you, God, that you open to us this relationship with you. God, we confess our sins, our failures, our faults. Lord, they sometimes are ever before us. But you, O oh God, are gracious and forgive and remove and restore us. Bring us to this right place of relationship where you can become these things that we have spoken, that David spoke of in this psalm. So help us, Lord, to find our secret place where we are alone with you, where your scriptures speak to us, where your spirit confirms the word to our minds and hearts. Let us be at peace with you and with all those things around us. And we will give you thanks and praise in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go forth in secret. (laughs) Find that secret place. Amen.